Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Wrestling. 
Josie, I'm so excited about today, bro. I'm so excited because as we sit here broadcasting, we are now on the third week of the Wednesday Night Wars. We were here at the very beginning when it first kicked off. Now we're not going to brag too much because literally that was like three weeks ago. But the bottom line is, is that we're a part of history one way or another, and we're glad that you guys have taken even a moment out of your evening to join us. You're more than welcome to live react to what you're watching on TV. If you want to talk about something that you've seen over the last couple of days, you're more than welcome to do that throughout the duration of the show. But, man, you know what, dude? I got to say, Jonesy, our guest lineup tonight is dope, and it's diverse because we have Sophia Lopez, the number one attorney, the greatest attorney in the world, hailing from the great country of Mexico, representing some of the most dastardly and underhanded people and doing a damn good job doing it over there on Access TV, man. That's WOW Women of Wrestling, hashtag WOW Superheroes. And then in the second hour, bro, we're going to switch it up completely, baby. We're going to take it to the south. That's right. The son of the south, Frankie D, is going to come in and represent southern style, dude. The diversity that we bring to you guys on the show on the Wrestle Talk podcast is second to none. We're not just bringing you guys that do one thing or another thing or girls that just do one thing or another thing, Jonesy. No, we're keeping it diversified because I heard a long time ago the Wu-Tang Clan told me, Jonesy, you got to define, you got to diversify your funds, nigga. So that's exactly who we're trying to do up now, here, baby. Wrestle Talk podcast. Now, wait a minute. Day, I, thought, I thought that the Wu-Tang, the Wu-Tang Clan told you that the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Well, they told me that, too. <laughs> There's a lot of things I learned from the Wu-Tang Clan, bro. And I'll tell you what, Jonesy, I'm excited for today for a couple of different reasons, man. We have a, a, a tremendous amount of support uh, throughout the pro wrestling community, really all around the world, man. But we recently got an email from a correspondent in India who wants to join uh, the, the Wrestle Talk podcast family and be an on-site correspondent directly from us to India. So a whole nother world is opening up to us, man. I'm excited. Uh, um, this is something that, you know, is still being rolled out. But the fact that we're going international so yeah. early on in our career is huge, bro. It's absolutely huge. Not only do we bring you guests from Australia and, and Britain and, and some of the other places that you guys have heard people, but we're actually going to have a direct line of contact to some of these fan bases across the world, man. So that makes me particularly excited. And for that reason, Josie, I think I'm going to crack open a beer, man. So why don't you go ahead and get us into uh, Carl Lewis, man, so I can get me uh, some suds of bubbly. <laughs> Ah, uh, you guys know that sound. Ain't it beautiful? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to ask you to please respectfully remove your caps, put your hands over your hearts, as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 oh say. Every single time, and 
And I'm sorry that that, that I'm laughing. I'm I'm, I'm just seeing uh, Tommaso Ciampa on NXT, and <laughs> he's 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 disrespecting the uh, Mexican flag just a little bit, Renee. Just a little bit. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Why is he? What, what is he disrespecting the Mexican? Hey, let me tell you something, bro. He's lucky that he's doing it, and Sofia Lopez isn't in the building because his ass would get hit with a lawsuit and probably slapped across the face all at the same time. You don't disrespect the 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 red, white, and green like that, man. What's wrong with Tommaso Ciampa, man? That dude is on some BS. But you know what, Jonesy? We we're, we're gonna get into high spots. We're gonna talk about what's going on with AEW, NXT, and everybody else. But before we do, man, allow me to give some major shout-outs. Number one, it's me speaking to you, Combat Everything, and the Conspiracy Farm, hosted by Pat Milicic, uh, MMA Hall of Famer, UFC Hall of Famer, and, of course, our boy, the man that's always showing love to the WrestleTalk podcast, Jay Hollywood, man. Thank you guys for being huge supporters of the WrestleTalk podcast. Shout-out to my man Joe and Josh that just showed up. We got ATL in the house. We got Kansas in the house. Uh, Esports Bar and Shawnee, thank you guys for hosting our events. They've been a success up to this point. Every single time we do one of those events over at Esports in Shawnee, man, we have a blast. We always, you know, have about half that place packed in with uh, with wrestling fans, man, and it's always awesome and family-friendly, and the wings are fire, and the drinks are cold, and the wrestling is always good. Rat Bumps Engraving, who, if you guys didn't already know, the Wrestle Talk Podcast mugs are on sale, baby! Fifteen bucks, five extra to get the engraving plus shipping. Hit us up at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Again, that's WrestleTalkPodcast.com. All that said, Jonesy, let's go ahead and cue up the music so we can get into tonight's edition of the High Spot segment. And tell Timmy if you could please fix that Eating Earth rings. We have now taken over your radio. about this whole 
Wednesday night war thing, Renee. Well, let me let me keep it uh, pretty brief because I think uh, a lot of people can guesstimate to where I sit on this uh, because it speaks to the whole theme of the Wrestle Talk podcast, Jonesy. And, and you know, I'm uber critical uh, of guys uh, of certain talent out there. Um, but it's all in fun, and I will always defer to, hey, I've never actually done it myself. Um, I don't proclaim to be able to do half the things that the talent in the ring do. So I- I'm out here strictly from a commentation or a commentator standpoint, and uh, never would I discredit someone completely because, again, they're doing something that I can't do. Now, with that said, we can all have a strong opinion without being a hater. For example... Nightmare Jones and I have an ongoing debate about Joey Janela and whether or not he's a great wrestler or not. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and his ability in what he specializes in, but Jonesy will never convince me that Joey Janela is a good wrestler, and if you believe he is, just go back and watch AEW Dark from last night where he almost killed Kenny Omega three times, okay? But that doesn't mean that I don't respect him and I don't appreciate Joey Janela for what he is. You get me? So if people took that stance and were able to say, I don't like that about a particular product, I can respect it. Because you got people who are like WWE haters, right? They loved War Machine, but now that they changed their name a little bit, they're making more money and getting more opportunity, now they think those guys are trash. I mean, some people have a bias both in a positive fashion and in a negative fashion. There's people that go, oh, Man, uh, I see. I'll give you an example, Jonesy. I'll give you an example again, guys. That number is six five seven three eight three one five two one. Dial in, and if you're listening to the replay, ah, we love you just the same. But um, I think what I was getting at, bro, was uh, NWA. Uh, that was on every Tuesday at six oh five on YouTube, and Facebook. Okay, I yeah. love what Power is doing. NWA Power is great. I was going through Twitter looking at some of the reactions. And immediately someone says, any hope that I had for this company of being successful has immediately gone down the toilet because, why? Because Colt Cabana showed up. I guess this guy hates Colt Cabana. So because Colt Cabana showed up, he's basically taking NWA and wadding it up like a piece of paper and throwing it over his shoulder and not caring whether he makes it inside the trash can or not. So that's the kind of attitude that frustrates me because how can you hate on something that you've never had the opportunity to fully experience, not giving it a chance? There's a lot of that bias, Jonesy, and I think there's more than enough room to like more than one wrestling promotion. Hey, I know guys who don't even really like what's on TV. There's guys on the stream right now, like my buddy Joe, who prefers indie wrestling nine out of ten times. Nine out of ten times, if he can choose between going to SmackDown, which is going to be here on Friday in Kansas City, or a Journey Pro show, say they happen to be on a Friday, I guarantee you he would go to the Journey Pro show. I guarantee it. So why why not just say, hey, I'm not knowledgeable about that promotion. I like this promotion. You don't have to take the additional step and hate on the other promotion because you haven't given it a chance or because you're just a flat-out hater. Because there's people out there, bro, that just like to hate. And it is what it is. You call them trolls, you call them what you want. But those people exist, bro. And, and it's, it's, it's not frustrating to me, but it can be annoying. It can definitely be annoying. Those are my thoughts, Jonesy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree 100%. And, you know, like you said, you know, there's, there's haters everywhere. You know, there are people that no matter what the WWE does, 
They're going to hate on them. No matter what the WWE does, they are going to hate on them. The WWE, they do this whole draft on Friday and Monday. And also right. on 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 the uh, social media was people hating on it. Oh, it was terrible. It was awful. You know, why? How come they they kept most of the same people on the, the same brands? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Monday Night Raw got the Kabuki Warriors. Monday Night Raw got uh, Tozawa. They, they got Shelton Benjamin. I mean, there's all kinds of new wrestlers on Monday Night Raw you're going to be watching. All kinds of wrestlers on SmackDown you're going to be watching. And there's people that literally hate on WWE for everything that they do. And they want the WWE to fail more than anything. And it's like, why do you want a wrestling company to fail? Like, are you not a professional wrestling thing? And why would you want a wrestling company to fail? That's my, my, that's what I don't understand. No, you know what it is, Josie? It's because those people want to be right. That's what it is, dude. They want to be right. Instead of taking the time to figure out what's really good and what's really not good, they just want to sound like they know more than everybody else. That Let's just be honest because there's people out there like that. Here's the other thing that I want to throw in. And, again, guys, go ahead and dial that number. Do not be shy. We're going to try to get some callers on today. Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk about any shows that you maybe uh, uh, have been to recently or any matches or shows that you've enjoyed particularly, whether in person or on TV. Um, let's discuss it. And if you have a difference of opinion of either of us, go ahead and dial that number one more time. It's 657 383 one five two one. Uh, the only the other thing that I find fascinating, uh, Jonesy, is that you know, and and I kind of get in my own head a little bit sometimes about the content that we distribute here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. You know, I'm always like, hey, you know, how much original content do we need to make sure that we, um, you know, include versus content that we're maybe borrowing from another promotion, right? Like WWE or. NXT or whatever it may be, and I always try to find a balance between the content that we put out to our followers that's that's homegrown and stuff that, again, that we're using from somewhere else, but you'll notice that when we do bring stuff from another company, stuff that isn't FWWC related or WrestleTalk Podcast related, we always try to put a positive spin on it. We always try to highlight something good that happened because, you know what, there's a thousand other shows just like this that could go for hours railing on how bad any particular thing is. But you know what? People didn't love the draft. You know what I loved? I loved watching the Viking Raiders win the, uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships. That was very exciting to me. And so I may have had a negative opinion about 80% of the show, but I found the 20% that I thought was good. I, I bit down on that, and then I shared it with some of the followers of the WrestleTalk podcast. So th- that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of perspective that I think we should all have, okay? Because you don't have to watch the full three hours. If there's stuff you don't like, skip it. But don't just say the whole thing is trash because that's just you having a negative attitude and you're really not adding anything to it. And if you're just jumping on the AEW bandwagon, and as far as I'm concerned, you're not a real fan because where were you before AEW? Don't tell me you weren't watching WWE because you're a damn liar. You were watching it, okay? So if people could just, you know, step outside themselves a little bit, and just be a little bit more open and receptive and not so negative, I don't think we would have that problem at all, Joe, at all. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, speaking of Joey Janela, uh, there is a, uh, a Twitter fan that I'm a fan of that is a huge Joey Janela fan, and he was asked okay. 
a EW show, and he was literally trying to reach out to Joey Janela to get him to sign his wife's boobies. <laughs> he wanted him to sign his, his his shirt and his wife's boobies, and he's like, "Come on, Janela, you know, let's let's make this happen." And I'm like, "That's what made Joey Janela so awesome because you know I can guarantee you." He hit him up, and he probably ended up doing it because Joe Janela is that awesome. Wow, dude, that, that's cool. And you know what? I'm wondering if we can't get that little tweet of the week drop because I think you accidentally just dropped tweet of the week, Jonesy. I, I want to see if we can get that drop, baby, because that's a damn good tweet. Good job, Joey Janela fan. <laughs> you want to get Joey Janela's attention? Tell him. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Bro, so you're telling me this dude was like, hey, I can't wait to meet Joey Janela. Hopefully he signs my T-shirt and my wife's jugs, too? What the hell is wrong yes. with this guy? <laughs> I don't yes. know if he's a legend or a dumbass. I haven't figured it out yet. He literally, this this is literally what the the uh, tweet says. It says, trying What's to get Joey Janela to sign my bad boy shirt and my wife's tatas. At Dynamo Phone tomorrow night. We will be in <laughs> section 107. Be a DM, brother. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Has there been any confirmation or video of this happening? I'm, I'm almost hoping for Joey Janela's sake that he doesn't take the bait. Because you know how in this Me Too environment that we're in, this dude could bait Joey Janela in and, and, and take him for every dime he's got. I'm just hoping it's a real fan and not somebody trying to troll. These days it's hard to tell, Jonesy. You never know who's out to get you. Remember you were out on the streets trying to give away those AEW tickets and people were looking at you like you were all crazy, like you were trying to scam them or something? Like, people are inherently paranoid these days. Absolutely. I, I, I definitely agree. You you, you definitely have to uh, to, to be kind of uh, careful when, when you're, 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 you're doing – that that uh, uh, that kind of stuff. So, what did you think about the the whole WWE draft? Did did you like well, it? Did you not like it? Did you you think that it could have been better? Was there somebody that that didn't get drafted that maybe you thought should have been drafted, or did did somebody get drafted to the wrong show? What were your thoughts, Renee? Well, honestly, Jonesy, I was on the side of not being overly impressed by the draft, though I didn't have a huge problem with it. Uh, I would have a hard time arguing against those people that were complaining because a lot of the guys stayed where they were before. But then again, you can't totally mix everything up just for the sake of mixing it up. Um, I thought it was cool, man, but these days I'm not so locked into that, the gimmicky stuff. I'm more locked into what's actually going on in the ring. For example, Shorty Gable. <laughs> we haven't talked about that, right? So I thought that the switch over to Shorty Gable gave him a reason to be talked about outside of everything that he was doing in the square circle. And let's just be honest, the dude has been having an amazing series of matches with Baron Corbin, and nobody's giving him any credit. But as great as he is in the ring, the reason the dude's getting attention is because of the nickname change. And you know what? Sometimes you got to do stuff like that to make it happen. And I particularly enjoyed the fact 
that there is an, an adult film company who decided to tweet uh, at WWE trolling them saying something about, hey, if you guys need some help with your creative department, we specialize in terrible nicknames. <laughs> so, so they were going after WWE. I thought it was hilarious, bro. And then I already mentioned the Viking Raiders. I thought that was spectacular. And uh, the whole Bailey heel turn thing. I thought that was pretty cool, too, and I'm very happy for her because she's now being taken seriously, not only uh, for her in-ring ability, but for her ability on the microphone. Because we all know that, like, Becky took her a while to find herself behind the mic. Now Bailey looks like she's starting to come around and find herself behind the mic. So the draft, like I said, Jonesy, I hate to be a, a, a you know, a, a, kind of go against the grain here with your question, but I wasn't particularly interested in that, bro. I'm just, again, I'm more locked into what they're doing in the ring. And to this point, I'm, I happen to be enjoying it, bro. I, I, I really am. Uh, I, I think uh, that there's still a, a lot of opportunity to see some great matchups, even though we have seen basically the roster split in half and there's not going to be any more of that uh, the wild card rule. Uh, they, they said yeah. we're not doing that. We're not sharing talent anymore. So for that reason, I think it'll be interesting and it'll require a lot of creativity. What did uh, capture my attention uh, a lot, Jonesy, about the, the, the draft was the recent news about Eric Bischoff um, submitting the resignation as the executive producer for SmackDown and now Bruce Pritchard taking that role over, which we all thought he was doing before. So I'm curious. I'm going to kind of throw the ball back in your court. Do you think we'll be able to see a difference between what Eric Bischoff has been doing these last couple of weeks, I should say four months or so, and what Bruce Pritchard is going to do? Um, yes and no. Uh, Eric Bischoff, but he's he's definitely great, and uh, you know it 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 it, it was a, a good thing. Uh, apparently, from what I heard, it really wasn't working out, and you know maybe he butted heads with Vince a couple times because. Bruce Pritchard, on the other hand, is a guy that's going to do whatever Vince McMahon tells him to do without any type of backlash or anything. He's he's just going to say absolutely. So, you know, it it it, it it's kind of hard. I've I've heard that all that uh, Eric Bischoff did was just sit 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 around. At catering, I don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know all of the I reasonings. Don't. Nobody really knows the reasonings. All we know is that Bischoff is gone and Bruce Pritchard is in. And it's not really a bad thing, though, because Bruce Pritchard has done a lot of good things for Impact Wrestling, so maybe he can do the same good things for a SmackDown. All right. Well, you know what? I absolutely believe that he can. And I just think Bishop was in over his head, bro. I, I don't know exactly what that job entails, uh, but I imagine that it's extremely involved and maybe a little bit more than what he bargained for at this stage uh, in his career. Uh, Jonesy, I just got a little bulletin uh, from intern Timmy that there is some breaking news that you're going to be sharing here with the members of the Wrestle Talk family on episode 268. And we are just a few moments away from welcoming in the greatest attorney in the world. Sophia Lopez of Wild Women of Wrestling. But before we do that, Josie, why don't you go ahead and bring us up to date with tonight's edition of Breaking News. Absolutely. Intern Timmy, if you could please hit that drop. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, the, the WWE has debuted a new type of match at a live event. This match was called a first man standing. Fans were displeased by the duration of the match, which was 1.8 seconds, which is how long it took Seth Rollins to leap from a seated position to his feet, thus defeating the slower-moving Braun Strowman. That's right. Seth Rollins defeated Braun Strowman in a first man standing. You've heard of the last man standing, but this is the first man standing. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Josie, Josie, have you been digging around at kfabenews.com again, man? Please don't tell me you're still going there for your news updates. Come on, man. Dude, I get all my news from. You should know this by now. This is where I get all my information from. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. Love the breaking news from Nightmare Jones. Always bringing the freshest hot takes in the business to the Wrestle Talk podcast. And guess what, guys? I see the phone lines lighting up. I think our first featured guest of the evening is getting ready to come on, and I'm very excited because as much great wrestling as we've seen over the last couple of months, you can go around the gamut and point out and say, wow, you know what? That company is doing great. That company is really doing great for itself. That company is really doing great for itself. And you know what? There's a lot of new kids on the block, and that's all well and good. And only time will tell to see if they've got the right ingredients to make that perfect batch of menudo. But there are some that have been around that are still kicking ass, are going to continue to kick ass for a long time. And one of those promotions, ladies and gentlemen, is based out of Los Angeles. California, I'm talking about none other than WOW Women of Wrestling. The owner, in case you guys didn't know, happens to be a lovely lady as well, very well respected in the business world and in the sports world. She is the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Jeannie Buss is also the owner of WOW Women of Wrestling. And thanks to guys like David McClain, Stephen Dickey, and all the wonderful people over there at Access TV, Wild Women of Wrestling is kicking ass, bro. They're on season two, and they are doing big things. And we're developing a great relationship with them. That is why we were lucky enough to secure an interview with the greatest attorney in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise as we play a little music and welcome in for the very first time ever to the Wrestle Talk podcast, Sophia Lopez Esquire. and then I'll throw it to uh, 
my co-host, and, and you know, we'll, 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 go, we'll go back and, and forth. Uh, you know, you came into women of, of, of wrestling with a tag team by the name of Caged Heat. Uh, these women were were incarcerated, and you found some way to get these these women out of 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 jail. And since then, they've wrecked havoc in women of wrestling. Can you tell us about you know what exactly Cage Heat is 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 going to do in women of wrestling? Are they going to win the uh, tag team championships, or are they just going to run over everybody? You know, I am so proud of Kate Sheet. I love those girls. I did everything on my power to get them out of a jail. And yeah, they got they got the belt. They were amazing. Uh, they got that, you know, title seat, you know, the title for the championship shot. And right now in this season, which we are airing season two on Access TV, right now they are not doing the tag team championship. We have brand new girls that they are coming. We have fire and adrenaline and we have the disciplinarian with Samantha Smart. They're doing some things together. We have speculates and Kita Rush. So in the meantime, also we have, you know, the dagger and the Tempress. They were my last client and in the meantime I've been focusing on the single matches. So I have Two new clients that I want to take advantage and introduce you because I want all the world to get to know them. And I have a serpentine, which is from Mexico. I am all about international. So she knows techniques like lucha, you know, you know aerial. Like, she's amazing. She's a whole package to be the next World Super Cruise champion. And also, I have Nikki Krampus. And Nikki, she's coming all the way from Norway, and she's known as the Norwegian Nightmare. And actually, she's going to be fighting this coming Saturday, guys. So please, this Saturday, watch World Women of Wrestling on Access TV, and you guys are going to have a blast. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love Women of Wrestling. I've been... Watched it the the entire first season and now I've started watching it the uh, a second season. But let me go ahead and bring in uh, my co-host Renee with whatever questions that he has because I know that he's been chomping at at the uh, a bit because he loves you know talking to uh, all of our guests. So Renee, why don't you come on in here, sir? Uh, thank thank you, Joe. That was a that was a great question to start off with. Uh, Sophia, uh, you and I share something in common. We're both from the same uh, beautiful country of Mexico, and uh, my upbringing uh, was similar to yours. Uh, my family was from a very small pueblo in Durango. Uh, so I'm curious. I know that your toughness, because, you know, you're known as the greatest attorney in the world. You have to be very tough in difficult situations, as you were back in the day when you were managing Cage Heat, and now that you're working with uh, Serpentine, who's a, a talented female wrestler around the world, uh, how did your upbringing in Mexico prepare you for the cutthroat world of professional wrestling? Bueno, antes que nada, hola. <laughs> I like to say this word in Spanish. I'm so happy that I have alguien de Mexico aquí en el podcast. Este... Mucho gusto. 
Mucho gusto igualmente. Yo soy de León, Guanajuato, donde la vida no vale nada. ¡Órale! Sí. Cuidado con las momias, ¿eh? Yo pienso... Cuidado con las momias. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, people look funny at me when I say I'm from León, Guanajuato, donde la vida no vale nada. Yeah, so, and I, you know how it is. That's how it is down down in Mexico. And and I know for you, it was, it was tough. Tell us a little bit about that environment that you grew up with. Uh, I imagine there was a great deal of poverty, uh, maybe some even some violence. You know, uh, being from that part of Mexico. I'm from Central slash North. We all know the environment that Mexico is in right now, but somehow you made it here. Can Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, I lost my father when I was 13. Well, actually, I turned 14 and he died three days later. So after that, you know, his last words were like, you need to never give up. So I decided I became very independent. I became, like, fearless. I thought, you know, I'm fearless in life. I'm going to do my dreams. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to work in, you know, anything that is, you know, in my, how can I say, that is, like, my passion. So my mom, I really wanted to go to the U.S. for a better life, but my mom kept telling me, you need to stay here and you need to study like a career, like a major, because that's the last thing that your father gave you or, you know, leave you is like a possibility to study, like someone needs to study a career, so please do it, and I didn't want to do it, you know. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want to listen to your mom. I'm like, no, mom, I know better, blah, 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 blah. So she kept, you know, insisting <laughs> and insisting, and little by little, I was, I enrolled in university, and I started studying, but every year I was finding something else. I was quitting and going back and quitting and going back, and I started with uh, accounting. So after accounting, I moved to IRS law, and I really love, you know, all the law area, so I kept on that, you know, path. Finally, I graduated, and I started working for two of the big firms, auditing firms in the whole world, which it was Deloitte and Touch and Ernest and Young. I started working and making a name, you know, for myself. I was very honest. I was, you know, on top. I was always very, you know, good on, on my job. I was an auditor. And little by little, you know, they recommend me, so I moved to the next company. And then I ended up on a bank, on that financial area. And I was there for four years, and I did amazing things with the clients. I brought, like, a lot of new clients to the firm, I mean, to the bank. And I made my money. I made my money through that job. And one day I decided I'm going to quit everything, and finally I'm going to go to the state. And I told my mom, I told my mom, Mom, you know, I accomplished it, you know, these goals. I did it, I studied it, I got my title, so it's my turn to go and find my dream, my path. So my mom was like, don't quit, you're doing super good at the bank, you're making money, you're being successful, like, you know, with your career as a businesswoman. And I said, yeah, but money is not everything. And even though, like, I made a lot of money, I'm just going to leave. So I quit the bank, and I moved to the U.S., and I started meeting people from the bottom.
start them again. I started from zero. I remember we didn't even have a place to stay, so I I arrived and I looked, uh, you know, for a hostel. So I stayed in a hostel for, like, you know, the first week. Then I met a girl in school because I was studying there, and she said, I'll come to my apartment. So I stayed there another week, and then I met some of my classmates. They were from Italy and Bosnia and Switzerland. It's, hey, we don't have an apartment either. How about it? We all rent an apartment. So we did it. So I, you know, I started from zero. Then I met David McLean. You know, years later, I met David McLean. And somehow he discovered me. And I started training with Selena, with Selena Major. And I decided, like, you know, I met Kate Heath. And I thought, you know, they need a voice. They need someone that they can, you know, they need someone to represent them and tell everyone that they're special, that they need a second chance, they need to get out of jail, they need an opportunity. Like, one time I needed an opportunity. So I decided to ask David McLean, how about if instead of me being a wrestler, I can be their manager? So they agree, but I trained. I trained one year, you know, with Selena, and everything hurt me, but I'm so happy <laughs> I did it because, yeah, everything. I was dying every single day. I was saying, I'm not coming back. I'm going to die in that ring. <laughs> I was I'm not coming back. But the adrenaline and the passion was so much that I kept going and showing up the next day and the next day and the next day. And... You know, finally, I was like, I need to be the manager of these girls. And they agreed. So I love them. And I brought all of my heart on that ring with them. And I I said, I'm going to make that promise that I'm going to do anything that is in my power to get these girls on the, with a the championship belt. And we did it. We did it. They got the belt. They were amazing. And little by little... Right now, because they got busy in other areas, they're not in this season of wow. But I needed to focus on the single matches. So I got Serpentine and then Nikki Krampus, and I'm still fighting for my clients like the first day that I started in wow. Wow, that's a lot of that, that's a lot of passion from beginning to end. And Joe, I, I want to share this with you because. I think, and I know, you know, we're talking wrestling or whatever, but I think this is a great opportunity uh, to look at something that's a little bit of a bigger picture. So here's something that a lot of people don't know, even you Americans that are super woke, right, that you love everybody, you want everybody here. Here's something you don't realize. Not everybody that comes, and I'm only going to speak about Mexico because that's what I know. Not everybody that comes from Mexico is poor and uneducated. There are people that come here with degrees. I've met people that were nurses, architects, attorneys. Guess what? When you come here, that doesn't mean a whole lot. You could have the reputation that Sofia Lopez had in her home country and come here and still be homeless for the two, first two or three weeks that you're in the country. When she said, I basically had to start all over again, she basically really did have to start all over again, go back to school, get certified, diploma, and all that stuff here in the States. So talk about it being difficult to get through school once. Imagine having to do it twice, 
being successful, and then still finding some extra time to be on TV on one of the greatest professional wrestling broadcasts going today in WOW Women of Wrestling. That alone takes a tremendous amount of courage, and it's difficult because a lot of people don't understand that. Even if you come with those credentials from Mexico or anywhere else, you literally have to prove yourself all over again in this country, and that is something that blows my mind. Joe, I know you want to comment. I got one last comment, and then I'll throw it to you. Uh, Sophia, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I, I know Joe might have some more questions about this. I saw you do something in, in, in your time with Cage Heat that I had never seen anyone do before. I think it was, it was innovative, and I think um, a lot of people appreciated it because it was such a big deal. That was, again, when you were managing Loka and dealt a lot of pain, and they were the tag champions, and then they lost it to the All-American Girls. That's Amber O'Neill and Santana Garrett. They lost the belts, but you, as the attorney, went to the uh, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission and got it overturned. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. i got to ask you, did you come up with that angle, or was that something that, like, you know, you worked through with the producers because I thought that was so genius how you did that, and I never seen anybody do it before. It was it was fantastic work, in my opinion. Can can you give us a little bit more details on that? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you very much for that comment. And before I'm gonna read your other comment. Yeah, I I always you know I never give up, and you said it right. I started from the bottom in Mexico, and then I moved to the state. And I started from the bottom, and I spent so much time on the stage that when I came back to Mexico, like, people, they don't, it's not like they don't know you. It's like you need to start all over again because you have to contact people. Hey, I'm back. I'm here. And then they ask you, are you going to be here for good? So maybe like, we can call you. You're going you're gonna to say, yeah, are you reliable, blah, blah, blah. So it took me one year again, another extra year, to, you know, stay here in Mexico and get, you know, that name back now in Mexico. So I started working for one of the expressions of Mexico, Vicente Fox, and that helped me to to get back into the whole Wait, thing. wait, so you work, wait, 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 question, time out, time out. You worked for the former president of Mexico? No, I used to work for the ex-president uh, Vicente Fox. Yes, no. uh, yeah, that's what I was asking you. I, I, did, I did not know that. In my research, I, I, so you worked for the former president. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, you know, like uh, with Vicente Fox, he's from Guanajuato. So he, you know, he's holding some events. So I, I got the opportunity to get to meet a different kind of ex-president, like the ex-president of Ecuador, the ex-president of Chile, a lot of, you know, Costa Rica, a lot of businessmen, a lot of, important people in the industry, politicians. So that's how I started, you know, calling myself the greatest attorney in the world. And that's how I started <laughs> getting recognized again. But, as you know, my point is I needed to do it like three times because when in Mexico and in the U.S., and I came back and I needed to start all over again because that happened. If you are not there, you kind of disappear. They forget about you. <laughs> it's not easy. But I just want to address this. So, guys, there is no excuse. And never give up. And it doesn't matter how hard it looks, you can make it. And if you did it once, you're going to do it again. 
So same with my clients. I'm like, you know, if you win one match, you even if you lose the other one, you can win another match again. So never give up. And that's what gave me that courage with take heat to fight for them because they were so good. And then we have the same mentality. No matter what, they they were all in. They didn't even, you know, they didn't cross in their mind the idea of giving up. So that's how I talked to David McLean because I consider myself in the show the mastermind of wow. So I said, David McLean, I'm not going to allow this to happen to my girls because, yeah, because they see all the American girls, you know, like blonde, blue eyes and super cute. That doesn't mean that they're not cheating. So I'm going to go with a federation uh, with the Nevada State Commission, and I'm going to tell them and show them the exhibit. So you must have to support me if they approve it. So that's what they did, and, you know, I'm very grateful because Loka and Delta needed, you know, those bells because we don't give up and because we needed to show everyone that we needed a second chance and even though they look like the stereotype, just for being like the Latina, you know, and the black girl, it doesn't mean the other people, they don't cheat. So I was, like, so proud to do that move. <laughs> that I, I the was video, like, yeah, Exhibit A, Exhibit B, that was so good. I, I, I'm telling you. Joe, I know you saw the video I sent it to you. That was, hey, Sophia, that, did, did you come up with that? I have to know before Joe takes back over. Was that your thing? Yeah, it's a, it, you know, I mentioned it with David and Selena, and then we put it together. So it was kind of like everything, because everything is part of our real life, together with a character. So, yeah, you know, we discuss some things, and then we give some ideas, and then we form the whole idea. Because you can have the idea, but then you need the other people, like David or Selena, to help you to land the idea and to be, okay, well, how do we want to do this? I, guys, I need your help. I want to <laughs> do it. And, you know, I need to pull my strings, and I'm not going to change my mind. So together, yeah, together we work on the idea, and finally we did it. But, yeah, you need help, like, just to get the best part of the idea and get the audience to see the purpose. Well, well, you know what, Joe? I know you want to jump back in here. The The craziest thing for me is that, like, last week I was listening to some Jim Cornette stuff, and I never knew that back in the day the only way to tag was to do hand-to-hand, right? And I remember him saying that, and it stuck with me. I said, wow, and I started to notice. I was like, man, nobody does that. People tag on the shoulder. They tag on the hip. They tag on, tag on the back. And, and, and that's something that most promotions don't honor anymore, the one-hand, hand-to-hand tag. And then when, when Sophia brought it up in the video with the exhibit, I just I lost my mind. I was like, this woman knows her wrestling, and she's a great attorney, and it was a fantastic defense. You guys will have to look that up. Again, that's WOW Women of Wrestling, hashtag WOW Superheroes, every Saturday night on Access TV right in the middle of Season 2. Joe, why don't you jump back in here, bro, because I know you're pretty excited to, uh, to ask a couple more questions yourself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let me just tell you something, because you were talking about, like, the old school. 
And definitely, nowadays, nobody, you know, even like Jesse Jones is talking about, like, there is no more respect on the ring, and she's going to make wrestling great again. It's true. Like, even, like, those stars, they were old school. And before I came with David McLean and Selena, you know, I picked Stephen Vicky's brain. I remember, like, I went and I talked to Stephen Vicky because I said, hey, you are a a very you know, a wrestling fan since you were a little boy. So you need to help me how I'm going to get this idea to David of, you know, like the upskilling and everything. And he was the one. And sometimes I go back to him and I say, Stephen, I need to pick your brain. And he's the one <laughs> that is helping me. <laughs> That's so good. We got to get Stephen Dickey on the show. We'll, we'll reach out to, uh, to our friends over at Access and see if we can't make that happen. Joe, your turn, bro. What do you got? Oh, my goodness. All right. So you had mentioned that you now represent the the Norwegian nightmare, uh, Krampus. So what exactly, how did, did, did you get the Norwegian nightmare to agree to let you represent her? Okay, you know, uh, the Norwegian nightmare, Nikki Krampus, is a... Uh, uh, a story, you know, they have this story in Norway, and I've been in Norway myself like three times. Like I've been traveling around, you know, the the world a little bit, and I've been in Norway. I have some friends, so my heart is in Norway. So when I knew she wanted to be in World Superheroes, I thought I need to get this girl because, you know, she needs to show who Nikki Krampus is and the Norwegian Nightmare because it's a a story about, you know, with a kid. They tell this story about the kids, that this monster is in your dreams, and all of a sudden it becomes your nightmare. So it's a tradition in Norway. And she was having trouble with her visa. And since I am the greatest turn in the world, it's like, wait a minute, I'm going to be able to bring her because I'm going to pull some strings, and I'm going to give a permit for her to come and do wow. And that's what I did for this season. She already saw like a princess Aussie, and we won. And now she's going to be fighting the beast. So please don't miss it. It's going to be an amazing match for, you know, that championship belt. And, you know, I, I just needed to pull some strings. I was the only one that I was able to get that permit. And that's the reason she's here. She might not be in season three, but right now she's in season two with us. Absolutely. Uh, I happen to love the, the Norwegian nightmare because that's what she is. She is a nightmare, and she can literally run through anybody in women of wrestling. Well, now, you know who the Norwegian nightmare is, right? And, and listen, and, and I, I listen. I love Sophia, and, and I love the Norwegian Nightmare. But listen, I remember a while back, Sophia, you know, being asked, "Hey, if there was anybody else out there that you might want to manage, who would it be?" And she said she would love to manage the Beast. And there's a reason for that because if you guys know who the Beast is, listen, you don't just give yourself the nickname the Beast just because you have to be. So if you've ever seen this this talent named the Beast you might be a little bit concerned as well. So, yes, I know who the Norwegian Nightmare is, but I also know who the Beast is. I, if you guys don't have Access TV, you need to call your cable provider and start complaining because I'm telling you guys, 
Saturday night is not the day off of wrestling, right? Because there's so much wrestling. Wednesdays, you know, we got all this other stuff going on. Saturday night is not the day you get to take a break. You need to tune in to WOW because when these two women collide with the greatest attorney in the world at ringside, I'm telling you, there's going to be some serious fireworks. It's like September 16th in Mexico, there's going to be some serious fireworks on Access TV, <laughs> for real. Indeed, guys, please, like, I had so many drama, I had so many surprises, so many allies, and the best part is I never give up, and I'm going to do anything that is in my power. Like, last week, I got, you know, by coincidence or by lucky, you know, I got also to win a race with Tessa Blanchard, and that was a great match, and see, like, I'm pulling, I'm playing my game. I like chess, and everything for me is, like, like moving the pieces to the right spot. So yeah, don't 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 miss it. And if you guys don't have access to it, do the free trial on Sling or Hilo or other like you know sites that they give you seven days free trial and watch us this Saturday. Yeah, that's a great idea. Now see, now you're talking my language. Do the seven day free trial. Just to watch WOW on Saturday. <laughs> that is genius. Joe, you hearing that? That is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, because I know they're going to fall in love. And after they're going to fall in love, either they're going to subscribe or they're going to go to a friend's house to watch it. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, Joe, I know we have to get into um, the shoot and shout segment, but there's one last thing I wanted to say, and then I'll let you jump back in. I'm personally offended by this, and Sophia, if you don't even want to comment, I respect that because you're a professional. But you know what always makes me upset? When I see you – know, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because I'm going to let you have your last question because that's actually going to be uh, my, my, uh, my thoughts on the high spot segment. You guys are going to want to hear this in a matter of moments. We're going to do the high spot segment with the greatest attorney in the world, Sophia Lopez. Just hang tight because I got some fire for you guys. But, Jonesy, uh, did you have any final questions for Sophia before we move on to the final uh, uh, phase of this interview? I do. I do. My uh, our last question that I wanted to ask is, in your uh, uh, career in, in the professional wrestling business and being the, the greatest uh, uh, attorney, have you ever found yourself in a position in the wrestling ring, when one of the wrestlers decided to put their hands on the greatest attorney in professional wrestling, and if so, oh, what oh, were the oh. actions that happened? Bad idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, that happened all the time. You know, everyone... Yeah, I cannot say much because I don't want to spill the beans. But there is something that they're gonna happen further in the show that you're gonna be able to see how either some other people or wrestlers they're trying even to put their you know they're trying to to bury me but I won't let them <laughs> I won't let them I won't let that happen because I as I said I'm the mastermind so I know the intentions and I see and I move before they make the move. As I said, I do it like a, a chase game. So, yeah, sometimes you have people in the industry that they don't want you to succeed or they want their clients or they just want the wrestlers, you know, to get those egos out there. But sometimes I see more like 
the wow superheroes, more as a great example for the people out there, for the fans. We try to have everyone for, from different backgrounds to portray and have the fans to feel close and to start having a hero to fight their fight for them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's just, just how it is, I guess. You know, there's all kinds of, of you know. There's haters everywhere, bro. You that. know it. There's haters everywhere. Yeah, what you say? Tell me. Joe? What's that? I, I I did not hear what what you said, Renee. Oh no no no! I was just saying that there's definitely haters all over the place, bro. And and you know, Sophia knows that. She knows that she's under attack, uh, especially because of who she's representing. And uh, the way that I look at it is like this: you have clients that you believe in, you support them 100%, no matter whether they're on the right side of the law or the wrong side of the law. And it takes a lot of strength. And, uh, and tenacity and vigor and a lot of Latino and Latina heat to be able to do what Sophia does. So what we want to do now, Joe, is we want to try to bring out some of that Latina heat from Sophia Lopez in tonight's edition of the Shoot and Shout segment. And, Sophia, we want you to join us because it's very fun, and you might even feel good about it after. What we do is we all get 20, 30, 45 seconds to basically just complain about anything that is bothering us. It, it can be about wrestling. It can be about, uh, you know, every time you go to the grocery store, how long it takes to get through the checkout counter. It's always a lot of fun. We've had a lot of wrestling legends do it with us, and we're sure you'll enjoy it. Would you be willing to join us? Oh, I would love to. I would love to because, <laughs> you know, we need it. Sometimes we need that. And, you know, the spicy, yep. <laughs> the spicy and venting is always good and, that's one of the reasons I love my client, Serpentine, because he's Latino, uh, he's a real king, he has the whole package to be the next WOW Superhero Champion, and I'm sure if one of one of these days you get it together, oh my, we're going to bend, and we're going to be very like, <laughs> like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> let's go and just, uh, you know, throw let's, everything Let's go then. All right, enter, Timmy. You know what to do, baby. I'll kick it off for us tonight. Let's get into tonight's edition of the Shoot and Shout segment right after this song. Great actress. 
J-Lo, no disrespect. But now, when I watch television, and I'm, I'm watching Monday nights or Friday nights, there's another great wrestler, and he happens to be from my home state. He's from Durango, Mexico. His name is Andrade, Andrade Cien Almas. And instead of having a manager like Sofia Lopez that speaks Spanish the same way he does, he has a, 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 a manager who's very talented. Selena is, is amazing. She's amazing. But why? Why can't they put him with a manager that speaks Spanish the same way? Because anybody that understands, if you're from the East Coast especially, there's lots of different types of Spanish. There's Cuban Spanish. There's Mexican Spanish. There's Puerto Rican Spanish. And they don't let Andrade talk. So I'm like, God, please, one day, and please, David McLean, don't hate me. But I would love to see Sofia Lopez as the manager for Andrade because she speaks the language the same way that he does. And, and, and Selena does a great job, but it's not it, – it, it, just, it just doesn't fit with me. And, and maybe it's because the world from – and I might be the only person on the world that feels like this, but every time that he comes out with her, it makes me angry. I'm like, Sofia Lopez should be Andrade's manager because she would really be able to truly represent him the right way. It drives me nuts, and she's fantastic, he's fantastic, everybody's fantastic. But that's just me being a bitter old man. I'm sorry, y'all. That's my shooting show. Joe, go ahead, bro. I, that's it. I'm I'm tired over here. I need a sip of beer or something. <laughs> All right. So my shooting shout has nothing to do with professional wrestling whatsoever. My shooting shout has to deal with an experience that I had when I went to D.C. for AEW. So we're, we're in the hotel room. We're getting hungry, and we decided to order some Chinese food. Now, okay. I ordered the same thing that I ordered when I ordered here. Shrimp fried rice, uh, two orders of, uh, of sesame chicken, dumplings, and uh, spring rolls. Usually it's like $40. Why was it $90? $90! And I took one bite of it, and it went directly into the trash because it was absolute Garbage. I spent $90 for garbage. It's awful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Sophia, you see, we're, we're angry tonight. It, it's therapy for Renee and Joe for very different reasons. Now it's your turn. Can you tell us why you're upset tonight during the shoot and shout segment?
Sophia Lopez of Wow Women of Wrestling. And coming up in the second hour, Frankie D, baby, the son of the South. We're going to talk about him and his 20-plus years in the world of professional wrestling. This dude has gone up against everybody and has wrestled everywhere. But for now, we're going to go ahead and go into break with a couple of jams, and we will be actually coming back with the FWWC segment. That's right. The world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion is going to invade the WrestleTalk podcast, and they got a lot on their mind tonight, baby. Because you know what? The brand battle's near and end. The gentleman has been on fire. We got new people on board every single day. Oh, my goodness, man. I can't wait to hear from these folks. Remember, guys, if you want to call in and talk to us tonight, that's 657-383-1521. Again, that's 657-383-1521. We'll be back with you guys in two minutes and 20 seconds right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com.
Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, what is up? It is your boy, The Night Owl, back with Hour 2 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. An absolutely incredible show up to this point. And you know what, guys? I could not be happier with the way the first hour went. I mean, we really, really did have a wonderful conversation with Sofia Lopez of Wow Women of Wrestling, okay? A true professional, somebody who loves what they do and do what they love. I cannot wait to get another opportunity to talk with her. And she suggested that maybe we bring her and Serpentine on at the same time and let them come on and do the shoot and shout segment. So that invitation is open for them and really for Wild Women of Wrestling all the way. Top to bottom, Access TV has been absolutely wonderful to us here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We absolutely love them. And you know what? I really love her suggestion. <laughs> her suggestion that you guys do the seven-day free trial of Sling just to watch Wild Women of Wrestling on Saturday. If you hate it, cancel. They won't charge you anything. And if you love it, you keep it. I had Sling TV for a while. I switched to Hulu. But it really it's kind of a lot of the same. You guys need to make sure that you have access to access. That's A-X-S TV. A-X-S TV. That's Access TV. You guys know what? If you think that Saturday is a day off for professional wrestling, oh, no, 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 in the words of famous Dikembe Matumbo, Saturday nights are popping, guys. Wow, women of wrestling. That's hashtag wow superheroes. That said, ladies and germs, we are back now. And during this segment, we're going to talk almost exclusively to the members of the FWWC. Intern Timmy, if you could do me a favor and let the folks know that we are here and ready to conversate, okay? Because there's a lot been going on, okay? Personally, I've been quite pleased with some of the things that I've been seeing, especially with the fact that Money Man Mills made an appearance. And uh, let's just say he's setting something straight that should have been done a long time ago. But don't let me tell the ladies and gentlemen, because this segment is primarily about the callers. Again, the number is 657-383-1521. We've got two people on hold right now. We've got Nightmare Jones. We've got Hardcore Sis. And let's go ahead and give the lady the courtesy first. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. The newest member of La Familia Worldwide, current women's champion, and one of the sassiest ladies ever to come out of West Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, hardcore sis. Well, I think you're not, Al. How are you? I've been better, hardcore sis. I was definitely enjoying the conversation with Sophia Lopez a lot more than having to listen uh, to some of the rhetoric that's going to come out of your mouth over the next couple of minutes. Now, you see, Night Owl, I was calling in. I was trying to be nice. I wasn't going to be rude. I was even going to compliment you on your current beard, you know, tell you it looked really nice. Now you want to be rude. Really? And you want to be mean. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah, I you was going to tell you how nice it looked. I was going to be uh, nice, all right. but now well, you want to be okay. rude. Maybe I'll take a different you know, approach next time. I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I assumed too much. You know, sometimes... Night out, you really need to watch your attitude. I mean, you know, you may be BOD, but you never know when you might be walking backstage one night and somebody might accidentally on purpose trip you. You know, let's just Wait be real minute. about Are you it. Okay? Me, Are you threatening me? I would. I, I, no, there's 
that's I'm not a threat. Here in the FWC. Don't, don't threaten me with physicality. What is wrong with you? I'm not threatening. I'm not threatening you at all. I'm just saying you never know what might happen. Friendly, you know, I'm, especially I'm in wrestling. You, I'm assuming you want me to perceive it as a friendly warning. Is that is that is that what I'm supposed to believe here? A warning is, is nice. I mean, you know, if that's what you want to call it, I'm I'm just stating, you know, hey, you never know what could happen. You know, things can happen all the time. Accidents do happen. All right, all right. You know what? Enough, enough. Okay. Why are you here, and what message do you have to deliver to the FWWC universe? Well, I was basically just calling to say, you know, I was going to talk about Friday night. I have a match coming up against King Jerobi for the chance to advance in the tournament in the Intercontinental Champion Titleship Tournament to get the the Intercontinental title, you know. And I have a chance to move on in that tournament and go to – Survivor Series to fight for the Intercontinental title. And I was just calling to talk about that match. You know, this will be the first time that myself and King Jerobi have ever met. And I'm actually looking forward to this match because he's quite an opponent. And I'm actually really looking forward to it because finally I get some competition on the blue team. I'm telling you, this is just hardcore. You're sounding kind of brave right now. I mean, King Jerobi, um, you know, the, the, the second longest reigning ever high-grade television t- champion. Uh, you're talking about a guy who's a, a former heavyweight champion and a former tag team champion. I know you just gave the man his respect, but, I mean, did you really? Did you really give the man his respect? Because it sounds like you're coming off a loss of Daniel Grimm, and all of a sudden, you just want to move on to what's next. Now, why don't we talk about that, hardcore sis? You made a lot of claims and made a lot of promises about what you were going to do to Daniel Grimm, and you came up short. And now he's only one match away from getting an opportunity at the FWWC Blue Brand Hardcore Championship. Do you feel like you let La Familia down? I didn't let La Familia down. I let El Jefe down. And, yes, I do feel that way. And that's between me and El Jefe, and that's really none of your business. But, you know, hey, yes, Daniel Grimm put up a a good fight, and he won the match. I will give him credit where credit is due. But his next match, (laughs) his next match is against Hardcore Haas. And, you know, there too, anything can happen. So, I just feel bad for Mr. Grimm because while he got through Nightmare Jones and he got through myself, he now has to face Hardcore Haas. That also means that further down the line he has to face Big Papa Kirk and he has to face the one and only Corbin Slater. So his next three matches are not going to be easy matches for him. And if he makes it through the gauntlet, then he has to take on El Mata. And if he gets through the gauntlet, El Mata is not going to be an easy match for him. You see, he's got it in his head that because he's the legend's champion, that makes him a legend. You know, I could be the European title holder and be not be European. So it doesn't matter what <laughs> title you hold. You're damn right about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
So, you know, um, just because you hold the legend's title doesn't make you a legend. It's about your accomplishments. And if you're going to list accomplishments, well, you could start from A and go to Z with Hardcore Sis. She's already got several accomplishments under her belt. But I'm not going to waste time announcing all my accomplishments. But, yes, he got through me. He managed to get one up on me and beat me. I'll give him credit. I mean, I'm not going to not going to say that I beat him cuz I didn't and I'm not going to take anything away from him. If you could see me now, I'm clapping my hands. Yes, Daniel Grimm won. Big deal. Well, hardcore right. we appreciate those thoughts and, and you know what? Yes. The humility coming from her Nightmare Jones is surprising and that's scary to me. Because when you hear exactly. a woman like Hardcore Sis, no, no, I hear you, bro. I know where you're going with it. When you hear a woman like her with that calm of a tone, you know what that is, Jonesy? That's the calm before the storm. And, and, and I'm thinking calm before the storm. And guess what, guys? We have a very special treat. We weren't able to get her on for the shoot and shout segment just a couple of minutes ago. But Sophia has shown once again why she is the greatest attorney in the world. She decided to make just a few more minutes of her time to come back in the show and do her shoot and shout because she heard us and then she got cut off, okay? She must be in a private jet on her way uh, to, to, uh, you know, to, to somewhere, Las Vegas. I don't know where she's going. So we're going to have her come back on. Sophia, are you ready to do your shoot and shout with us before we let you go? Yeah, yeah. You know, I got disconnected, but... It's because I'm in Mexico, so don't worry, I'm back. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, intern Timmy, I want you to hit the music again because we got to set the mood. We're going to let her finish, and then we're going to jump right back to the FWWC. So intern Timmy, cue the music for the Shoot and Shout segment, and we'll let Sophia vent and get it off her chest. Let's go. Sophia, take it away. But I do this in Spanish because I feel that fire. <laughs> yes, yes, you can mix English and, Sp- and Spanish. We call it Spanglish. So give us a little bit of both so everybody understands. <laughs> okay, so guys, you know that I'm the best. You guys know that I'm Sophia Lopez, the greatest attorney in the world. Así es que nada me va a detener. I'm under, I won't care about anything. So if you want to be my client, si quieres ser mi cliente, yo voy a poner a todos abajo. A mí no me importa lo que digan las otras promociones. I don't care what the other promotions say or all, like, you know, the other uh, producers or anything. I will fight for you. I love wrestling, and I really believe in wrestling. Yo creo que dejar el corazón ahí. Así es que nos vamos a deshacer de todos los que son hipócritas. Because there is a lot of two faces in this industry. And with those two faces, we're going to put them down. But I need the best of the best. I can represent and I can put you there. So if you hear this, just contact me or follow me on Instagram. You know, it's in WOW underscore Sofia Lopez or in Twitter, WOW underscore Sofia. And tell me that you want to be part of the World Super Heroes, and we'll see what, what you have. Y así nos dejaremos de todos los hipócritas de la industria. Y ya no nos pondremos 
abajo, de ninguna manera.
keyword most. You see, you should have understood all of it, but you know, whatever. But you know, I've been busy, man. I've been, you know, kidnapping folks behind the scene. I've been executing hits and taking over cities. If you don't ask me, ask Big T because I took over Columbus Park now. And I had well, well, let me, let me ask so you about it. that. Let me ask you about that, um, um, Battle Cat, because Big T recently came over uh, to FWWC Red, and you guys have been at each other's throat from the moment he walked in the door, man. What's the deal between you and Big T right now? It seems personal to me. Yeah, it's very personal for the Battle Cat. Let me tell you why. Let me give you a little backstory on why it got the way it is. You see, at the last pay-per-view, at Hell in a Cell, I was well on my way to becoming a five-time Universal Champion when Big T just has to show his ugly, disgusting face. And because of him, I lost out on having another championship reign. So, with that being said, until I get another shot at the title, I'm going to make his life a living hell. And so far, I've been doing just that. And it's not going to stop here. It's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. So, well, Battle you know, Cat, I, I, personally, I personally was extremely disappointed to see that you weren't able to pull off the win uh, against El Mata. And, and, and I was quite disturbed to see that after that incredible match, in my opinion, that was the match of the night. But after that incredible match that you guys had, for Big T to come out and take cheap shots at you, man, why do you think he felt motivated to do that? Are you you consider yourself to be one of the top dogs on the red brand, and do you believe that's why he came after you? Know that old uh, that old philosophy. You know, you walk in the yard, you punch the biggest bully in the yard the first day. Do you think that's kind of what was on his mind when he decided to come after you? Yeah, I'm guessing. You know, he figured you know come start a fight with Battle Cat, get him some street cred, and let him build up. You know, get him some brownie points or whatever. You know what I mean? But, like I said, if you want to take cheap shots, I'm the master of cheap shots. I invented those. I can teach him. He he, he thinks he can one-up me, but he he can't. He, he's not, he can't even one-up himself right now, you know. He came at the wrong person. And like I said, it ain't like that he came at it. It's what he did and what he cost me, which is why I'm just going to destroy him every chance I get until I get my title, until I get another title shot. And if I win it, guess what? I'll give him a shot if he still want it. If he still want to fight, we can still fight. Right now, it's just payback till I get what I want. And he, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's going to come at his expense because he did this to himself. Yeah. All right. Well, Battle Cat, man, I appreciate those thoughts. I knew... Uh, that there was quite a bit of beef between you and Big T, the Paisan. I just did not realize that it went that deep. We actually have two callers left for the FWWC segment, so we're going to ask you guys to kind of um, to make it quick if you can, no disrespect. But we're going to close it out with the brand-new hybrid television champion, uh, who I'm personally very, very proud of, uh, though he's quite creepy. So uh, first we're going to bring on Nightmare Jones, uh, blue brand representa, a uh, man who's been up to his old tricks as of late. And uh, I just am curious to think or to hear what he thinks about the brand battle and the fact that the blue, brown, uh, the blue brand won the ninth round and if he thinks that they have an advantage moving forward or anything else that he might have on his mind. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in La Familia's very own 
uh, Nightmare Jones. What is going on, Renee? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Nightmare. Uh, thank you for being patient and waiting for your turn to come well, on instead of taking over the whole segment like you used to do back in the day on the FWWC Tonight podcast. Uh, but listen, man, I, I clearly have, uh, uh, you know, some concerns and some questions about the brand battle, uh, some questions about what you've been up to as of late. Um, bring us up to speed on everything Nightmare Jones, man, because you've been a pretty busy cat over these last couple of weeks. Well, I got a question for you, Night Owl. Have you ever thought about ending it all? Have you ever thought about just taking everything that you've ever done and just walking away and riding off into the sunset? Have you ever thought about that, Renee? Well, uh, as we all know, well documented, I had a situation last year where I was thinking about stepping away completely from the FWWC. So, uh, yes, but I, I thought better of it and realized that some of my best friends uh, um, and greatest allies are in the FWWC. So I sucked it up and kept working, Jonesy. But, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Why, why, do, you, why do you ask? Because that's why I'm here. I'm here to show each and every single one of you that it's just not worth it anymore. It's not worth putting your bodies through the pain and the torture that we put ourselves through every single night just to get a glimpse of the the man that you used to be. Every single week I have to watch Nightmare Jones, a guy that calls himself Nightmare Jones, be the shell of the man that he used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not worth it. It's not worth the pain. It's not worth the torture. Once you've done so much in the FWWC, there's not much more that you can do. So the question is, is what's next for Nightmare Jones? Walk away. Do I ride out into the sunset, or do I bring back the old Nightmare Jones? Oh, no. Listen, man, the old Nightmare Jones, that – Jonesy, that was from another era, bro. I don't know if that kind of stuff will fly these days in the FWC. You know, we've kind of cleaned up our act a little bit, man. I'm not saying that you should retire, but I definitely don't want to see the old Nightmare Jones back. I'm telling you now, because that dude was deranged. Because the Nightmare Jones that you see today is the Nightmare Jones that is a shell of the man that I used to be. The Nightmare Jones that you see today is not the first ever United States champion. He's not a two-time heavyweight champion. He's not a multi-time tag team champion. The Nightmare Jones that you see today is a shell of the man that he used to be. And for myself, I may just need to bring back that old Nightmare Jones, that don't-give-a-shit attitude, the attitude of only coming in to mess stuff up, mess people up, because I like the pain. Because he likes the pain. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of pain still left to be delivered on tonight's episode of the WrestleTalk Podcast, but that was very disturbing. And, and listen, Jones usually comes on here, he rags me, gives me some crap, and then I rag him, give him some crap, and everything's fine, but that sounded different to me. And, um, uh, all I can say is, FWWC, beware. If we get the old Nightmare Jones, things are going to get ugly. Real ugly. 
real ugly. That said, folks, we have one last caller left for the FWWC segment. And then about, uh, let's say, three minutes from now, we're going to bring on our second featured guest of the evening, the son of the South, ladies and gentlemen, Frankie D is going to be joining us, and this man has traveled up and down the roads for 20-plus years. He's faced anybody and everybody under the sun, and he's still going strong today. I cannot wait to hear from Frankie D so he can break down for us how he got started in the business, give us a couple of road stories, and tell us what he's up to today. But before we get there, we have one last caller, and he is the brand-new FWWC hybrid television champion, Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, hailing from Crystal Lake, Mike Voorhees. FWWC, it is the one, the only. Your hybrid champion, Voorhees, Night Owl. Uh, yes, Voorhees. How how can I help you, sir? What's on your mind? We got we got Frankie D on hold. I don't want to be rude. Just just you know, keep your machete down. Just we just want to know what you want, and then we want you to get out of here respectfully. Respectfully, what? What? A What's up? New reign of terror is in the FWWC by the name of Voorhees, and as champion, my reign of terror will continue by taking out every single opposition that gets put in my way. So beware in the FWWC that worries is after anyone that stands in his way. All right, let, let me let me see if I can get my light back on here. I know why. Light. There we go. Okay, I got I got my light back on. Sorry, I got my, I got my light back on. Man, I swear my 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 lamp it starts acting up on me every single time before he's come on. Well, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the conclusion of tonight's edition of the FWWC segment. For those of you who have ever had the dream of being a professional wrestler, but you can't uh, for financial reasons. Uh, you're in school. You have to work. Uh, you're limited or handicapped mentally or physically. And you're like, you know what, man, I would love that feeling of winning a championship, but I can't actually go and be a, 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 a pro wrestler for whatever reason. The FWWC is a great alternative, okay? Being as a father, I would love to be able to go into pro wrestling. I'm a pretty big physical guy, but I spend most of my days working. And so I can't uh, really spare the time to go train and dedicate myself to the sport the way that I would love to. And the FWWC, I found a home where I get to be a character, compete for championships, 
make a little money, go to watch parties, and, and really take the professional watching experience to a whole nother level. For more information, guys, visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. Just go to WrestleTalkPodcast.com, visit the fantasy wrestling tab for more information and to join the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC. That said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to get into the final featured guest of the evening. We had Sofia Lopez of WOW Women of Wrestling in the first hour. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Son of the South is going to be joining us to bring a little bit of Southern pride to the Wrestle Talk podcast for episode 268. Enter Timmy, cue the music as we welcome in for the very first time the Son of the South, Frankie D. Um, 
Jimmy Snuka, you know, some some guys like that. So I've, I've been around old school, long time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, there's been a lot. I mean, I have probably forgotten so many, so many of them. I've been around so long. <laughs> too many, too many steel chairs to the head, uh, Frankie. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like a fellow redneck right. of yours, uh, Stone Cold says. Stone Cold always says, "Man, too many dang steel chairs to the head." You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love it. Well, well, talk to us about that real quick, Frankie. Though you, so you think you've been, been up and down the roads a lot. Uh, we usually save this towards the back end of the interview because I'm, but I'm really uh, curious. Are, are there any road stories, and they don't necessarily have to involve anybody that's in the Hall of Fame or anything like that. But are there any funny stories that you might be able to share with the Wrestle Talk family before I throw it over to my co-host Joe? Uh, that that you think we might find amusing about going up and down the road uh, as a pro wrestler? Well, um, <laughs> there's, there's a couple. Um, you know, uh, me and a group of guys used to wrestle um, in Iowa quite a bit, and um, we um, we wrestled for a, a, a group called HC. Uh, HCWA, HCCWA. It's been many years. Hardcore Wrestling Association. Anyway, um, we used to go up there, and a, a group of us used to go into a hotel. You know how it goes. Uh, uh, spend as many people as you can in one hotel room uh, when you're on the road. And uh, we had a couple of rookies with us. And um, sometimes, as you know, rookies or greenhorns don't do exactly as they're told to do. And sometimes uh, veterans <laughs> have to teach them kind of a lesson or, you know, they have to get their um, – um, how do I put this? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be so politically correct here and trying to do this Well, thing, well here's the thing. Let me, uh, let me stop whatever. you right there, Frankie. Let me, let me stop you right there. You don't have to be. We've had guys like Tully Blanchard and Paul Ordorf and Savio Vega come in and tell us some of their best stories. So don't feel obligated to – uh, to censor yourself, the the Wrestle Talk podcast is created as a platform for not only the listeners but also for the talent to come in and tell these stories that somebody's going to want to go go back and hear, you know, in fifteen or twenty years. So if if you need to use some color, uh, to use a wrestling term, to tell your story <laughs> properly, sir, please go ahead and use that color at your oh, discretion. Okay. All right, I got you. Good, good to know that. All right, so we got these rookies. They come in. We uh, after the show. Uh, we all go back to the hotel room and do what we do after a show, uh, have a couple of drinks, uh, hang out, you know, talk about everything, pretty much party it up. Anyway, we get these rookies. Um, we go into another friend of mine's room, um, and uh, this this friend of mine, he's, he's, a, he, he's a great guy, um, and uh, he, he's, a, he's a big guy. I mean, just a huge guy. But he's a sweet guy on the outside. If you really know him, he's a sweet guy, and he was in the, you know, he, he was in on this joke. Anyway, uh, we told these rookies, you guys go into the bathroom, and uh, you just wait there until we come and get you. Anyway, this this guy that we had, my friend, brother, whatever you want to call him. Anyway, he probably weighs four twenty, four fifty, somewhere right around in there. I mean, huge guy. <laughs> it's a big and boy. Of course, every, yeah, everybody is just 
three sheets to the wind, um, partying it up after the show, um, just having a good time. Well, these rookies are in the bathroom. We, we make them wait in there, I know, 15 or 20 minutes. So we talk our friend into stripping down naked and running into the bathroom. And you want to talk about I have never seen rookies run so fast in all of my life. They ran until wow. we couldn't see them anymore. Anyway, yeah, but that that new here it was it was nice. but but we finally caught up to him and you know uh, told him it was okay that this guy wasn't gonna you know do anything but um, but they didn't want him to uh, and uh, but it was a fun time you know but uh, it's, that's that's all part of being on the road you know you just have fun with each other and you know it's it's a little bit of hazing and uh, you know it's uh, it's all part of coming part of the family. As the old 90s song says, uh, let the boys be boys, right? Jonesy, House of Pain, baby. Uh, go ahead and jump on in here, man. I know you're chopping at the bit to uh, get an opportunity to talk to our buddy Frankie D. Jonesy? I do. I do. Thank you, sir. Um, So when I was doing my uh, research for you, I found out that you come to the ring with the object that you call Bam Bam. Now, for the listeners, wait, let me, wait, 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 now. Whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, I'm wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to have to you for a minute. <laughs> Did you just refer to my partner as an object? Oh, God. Well, <laughs> I mean. Josie, you stepped in it now, dude. You are going to hurt his feelings. Bam Bam is somebody that I have brought with me everywhere. I have trained him like I have trained everybody else. He has been hazed like everybody else. He is part of the family. And uh, he's been in this business almost longer than I have. He's taken more bumps than anybody I know. Bam Bam I mean, is not an object. Isn't Jonesy, Bam Bam back Bam isn't Bam Bam a steel chair, though? Well, aren't you a hardhead? <laughs> I have been called that multiple times. Why are you patronizing the son of the South, man? You, I told you not to do it. I tried to warn you, but you don't listen. Bam Bam is a steel chair, and uh, Bam Bam does his job. Bam Bam drinks and smokes more than I do, too. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so, 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 what I wanted to talk about is uh, the uh, uh, academy that you owned called the Ring of Courage. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the Ring of Courage? All right, well, Ring of Courage... Um, I had a wrestling academy, uh, Ring of Courage, of course. You know, we were open three three nights a week or something like that, three nights a week. And um, now I, I can't take all the, the credit for the people that we trained there. I had some, some great guys that trained with me. Um, I had uh, a guy named Wicked, uh, who is an awesome conditioning coach. Um, I had uh, – uh, another one of my guys that I was training who was at another level who helped me train as well. His name was T.T. Beckham. 
Um, I had a guy that was. Whoa, 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 whoa. time out, time out. So PC Beckham, I know that name. Uh, that he guy sure still is. works like Southern Illinois and St. Louis, right? He's kind of right, still in that area that. there. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I knew. I know. I knew that name. Go ahead. Sorry. You, you sure do. No, you sure do. Um, uh, yeah, uh, PT Beckham came to us and uh, wanted to sharpen his skills, so we worked with him a little bit, and then we had him um, work with some of our, um, you know, greenhorns that came in and started bumping. Uh, so he kind of helped us out in that aspect as well. Um, another guy that helped us, um, who I traveled the road with a lot, who I consider one of my dearest uh, brothers, uh, who can no longer bump in the ring, um, but uh, he does, um, you know, character development and a lot of ring psychology, was Izzy Blackwell. And um, Izzy's a great oh, friend, man. great hey, friend Izzy, of mine. Hey, by the way, Izzy's a former guest of the show. We love Izzy here on the uh, on the Wrestle Talk podcast. He's a member of the family. We, we love him. Great. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so, you know, um, Anyway, I just wanted to give them their shout-out. And uh, if I'm missing anybody, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. But um, Ring of Courage, um, you know, of course, we trained men and women. Uh, whoever wanted to come in and, and train, we didn't charge that much. I never did it for money. Uh, but, you know, we had bills to pay. So everything went, you know, to whatever uh, the expenses were. Um, another aspect of Ring of Courage, what we did is we took um, um, troubled kids off of the street. Um, we made deals with them and their parents, um, and we actually trained them uh, in, you know, this thing, this art that we call professional wrestling. Um, and uh, when they graduated uh, our academy, they were able to go on and do a live show. Uh, but while they were in our school, they had to keep their grades at a certain level. Uh, they had to stay out of trouble at school uh, with the police at home. Um, you know, that was all part of the deal. Um, and their parents knew that our school was run um, professionally and uh, it was uh, to teach men and women how to be accountable, how to be respectful, and, um, you know, uh, just how to be a, a you know, a, a productive human being naturally. But uh, so that was all part of Ring of Courage. It was not only for the professional as, uh, wrestling aspect of it and to train uh, greenhorns, but also it uh, it uh, served uh, you know the double purpose there uh, for the um, trouble teams. So that was Ring of Courage, and that's why we named it Ring of Courage. And our motto was uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. So there you go, Ring of Courage. Great question, Jonesy. What else you got, brother? Oh, absolutely. So so you have been in the wrestling business for almost thirty years. Uh, in right. your 30 years, how have you seen professional wrestling change? Oh, my Lord. Such a different culture than it was. I am so old school, um, and I believe there's <laughs> no school like old school, okay? You know, I'm 50 years old, and I still I still wrestle, you know, three, four times a month, uh, three, four times a month. I still travel, you know, uh, the Midwest and do my thing. Uh, and my daughter is 18 years old, and she is now uh, getting her own bookings. And um, she actually, her style is is mirrored after mine, but mixed with a little bit of new school training as well. But um, I have seen just a different culture 
um, come into, especially the independent world, um, you know, not only just, you know, with the big boys, but with the independent world, I have seen a different mindset, a different culture, not only with the in-ring work, but I have seen a different culture and mindset on, on the outside, uh, in the locker room, with the, with the way that uh, uh, the old school respect has been handled, with the way that accountability has been handled, um, with the way that business is run um, as a whole has just changed. Um, you got to remember back in the day when I first started, um, you know, we believed in territories, okay? Uh, there was this unwritten rule. If, if a man was running a county or a city or a certain region, you, you just had a certain respect that you didn't cross that line. You didn't go over and you didn't work a spot that he was working. You didn't go, um, you know, try to, to seal it out from underneath of him. You know, you just didn't do that. It was just a, a, it was just a common thread, a common thread of decency, respect that you didn't cross that line. Um, you know, and you got to remember, we're talking Midwest. Missouri has always really had um, um, a set of rules or has been governed by um, an office of athletics. And back in the day, Illinois was probably a lot more um, strict and a lot more uh, harsh on its office of athletics and, and, and with professional wrestling than Missouri ever was. And you didn't well, see a whole lot of independent days. wrestling. You didn't see a whole lot of independent wrestling in Illinois. But let me tell you, since the Office of Athletics of Professional Wrestling had been de- decommissioned in Illinois, man, everybody and their brother and their uncle and, and mom and them are coming over and buying a ring, and you get pop-up feds all over the place in Illinois, and that territory and that old-school respect and – I mean, it's just gone out the window. It's a total different culture, and, you know, and, and here here's the thing, okay, is you get a lot of these young guys that are coming up, and I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and be real with you all, okay, because that's okay. what I'm known for, all right? I'm just going to be real. You get a lot of young guys coming up that want to buy a ring. They want to put it in their backyard. They want to call it training without being trained by a vet by somebody that knows what they're doing. They want to go rent a hall for $200 on a Saturday night. They want to get everybody in there that they can that doesn't have the proper training. They want to put a strap on somebody, call themselves a, 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 a world champion, but they have no clue what they're doing. And here's the problem with this. You get these guys, since Illinois has been decommissioned, you get these guys that are popping up left and right all over the place, okay? So here's what it does, all right? It destabilizes independent wrestling in Illinois to where the legitimate guys have to work that much harder to save face. The whole culture and the whole idea and the whole world of professional wrestling in the independent world today has changed so much, it is muddying the waters for everybody. So much knowledge, Jonesy. And and you know what, Joe, I know you're still up here, but Frankie, Joe can relate. Joe can relate because I'm in Kansas City, so I'm very familiar with some of the stuff that's going on in in the area that you're talking about. 
But he's in West uh, Virginia. So you can imagine Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia. I mean, all those are within driving distance of my buddy, right. my co-host, Nightmare Jones. And when you talk about oversaturation and, and promotions having to work that much harder to, to legitimize, if anyone can speak on that, it's uh, Nightmare Jones. So, Jonesy, any thoughts on what uh, Frankie D just said? Because I think there's a lot of reality and a lot of truth behind his words. Absolutely. Um, you know, I have, have talked to uh, wrestlers that, you know, uh, grew up in, in the, 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 the old school style. And one of the things that they complain about is that Renee – you know, we're uh, coming up in, in the professional wrestling business. Not everybody had the opportunity to be a professional wrestler. Like, like, not everybody was able to be a professional wrestler. And they, and they say that nowadays, if you have a certain amount of money, anybody can be a professional wrestler, whether they have talent or, or not. And that and that's the thing, and that's that's what that's what muddies the waters is because there are so many people that can buy a ring for fifteen hundred dollars and put it in their backyard and call it an organization, and then you got guys that are untrained, unprofessional, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing all kinds of 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 matches with a ton of high spots they're not trained for, and then you get guys who are training hard, who are hitting the gym hard who are trying to make a name for themselves, who spend the money on the right equipment, the right gear, um, who are going to legitimate wrestling academies, okay, who are working for legitimate companies, who are working for legitimate promotions, who are, who are finding it hard to get a spot on a roster with a legitimate company because the market is so saturated, not only because of these pop-up federations, but because – the pop-up federations are ruining everything because of social media. Because here, here's what happens, okay? I had a conversation today about this. Here's what happens, all right? So you get a legitimate guy that's a great worker who has a great story at a great fed. Young guy trying to put his name out there, trying to do the best he can to get a good shot somewhere. So he gets a call from a pop-up fed, Joe Schmo, down in East Egypt somewhere, who wants to pay him a, 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 a McDonald's coupon and a hot dog to come put his champion over. So this guy who's trying to put his name out there wants to drive two hours to work a 15-minute match in front of eight family members. All right and put his family member over as a world champion, all right? Now, listen, all right? So here's what happened. That goes on social media. So then this delegitimizes this guy's opportunity who's been working so hard, who is legitimately trained, working for a legitimate promoter in a legitimate company, in a legitimate territory. It delegitimizes his push, his angle, his story, and his work ethic. It's thrown out the door because now you've taken some crap story and thrown it out the door for what could have been a long-term goal. Am I making sense? Wow. Absolutely. 100 
I know, sure. I know you are. I, will, I, I absolutely I will agree. Give you Just couldn't agree more. A, look, I, I will give you a young guy. Listen, I, yeah, I, 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 got this I will give you a, Yeah, I will give you a, a example. There is a guy on the internet by the name of Superhuman. The name knows who I'm talking about. It's this guy that just does all these stupid stuff. Hold on, yeah, hold on, yeah. Joe. I, I know you said Superhuman. You said Superhuman. I have yeah. a, uh, I, I have a, a drop. Never drew a dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. Never drew a dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. Well, <laughs> this guy, wow. Go ahead, Joe. all these stunts, well, wrestling promotion, because they see how big that, that he's becoming, they're starting to actually book him for wrestling listen, matches. Listen. And the guy not, has listen, never been trained, and he's literally on, doing wrestling have you ever matches. Heard the word, listen, have you ever heard the words TP? Yes. Yes. That's all that is. It's TP. It's gimmicks. You, you know what it is? You, you know what it is? It's modern day on freaking like like paint sniff version of I want to say hello and thank you to all the fine people of Martinsburg, West Virginia or Dallas, Texas and just going for the, the cheap heat where you get a cheer for something that you didn't earn organically. You're just yeah, kind of going right. to something that you that you know is going to work. Because people love stupid shit on the internet, and a guy throwing himself through barbed wire for no reason other than throwing himself through barbed wire to get over on the internet. It's like that's four what guys, people are like attracted to guys, these days. Right, it's it like four guys sense. standing in the middle of the ring hitting each other with light bulbs for no freaking reason. For there's no, no reason. There's no. There's no. nothing to it. There's not. There's nothing to it. I absolutely agree, Jonesy. What else you got for Frankie, man? Because I know. Frankie's also got a bit of a, a competitive bone, so I want to make sure that I issue the challenge, Night Owl versus the Sun of the South, in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. But um, And I'm sure I'll let you think about that, Frankie, because it's going to get competitive around here in a little bit of a trivia challenge. But before we get there, Jonesy, what else did you, uh, did you want to bring to the table before we got to that? I've got one more question, and then uh, we can go ahead and do the uh... – Let's uh, talk podcast game show challenge. My question is: You've been wrestling for for over thirty years. Uh, you know, you've you you've won tag team championship gold. What was it like winning the a tag team championship? Uh, most of my career, I've been in the tag team. Um, I started um, with uh, MMWA South Broadway Athletic Club um, uh, almost thirty years ago. And um, I started singles. Um, then the uh, the first uh, first belt I've ever held in my life um, was as Frankie D and um, Lightning, a, a mask wrestler. And we were uh, the first belt I ever had was the MMWA Tag Team Titles. Um, that was South Broadway Athletic Club, where a lot of legends have come through that building and started in St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis is the hub, you know. Um, but, uh, I will tell you that even after MMWA, um, when I went to, uh, it was, um, uh, central States then later turned into, uh, RCW, 
um, was probably one of the longest running tag teams um, in the Midwest was bodily harm. And um, there's a lot of imitations out there of bodily harm. Now, let me tell you that. Um, but the original bodily harm was Frankie D and Johnny D. And um, then after Johnny D, it was Frankie D and Billy D. And um, then for a brief time, um, it was Jimmy D that was my partner for just a, a, about a, a month or two. Uh, but now I will tell you that uh, as bodily harm, we held held the uh, tag team champions for RCW and, and a couple other promotions. But to answer your question, um, when we first got them, it was great. Um, it was, uh, you know, you, you get on a high and, and, you know, you made it, think you made it to the top of this organization or whatever, but don't let anybody, don't, don't let it fool you. Being a champion is great, but it's also a curse. And a lot, a lot of, of truth behind that. that. It's also a curse. Why is that Frankie? Well, I'll tell you why. There's two reasons. I'll tell you both sides of the business, okay? Um, show business is because everybody's going to come after you. Everybody's going to come after you, and you got a lot of responsibility, all right? So um, <laughs> that's why it's a curse. Uh, on the other side of the business, you're not your own boss anymore once you got the strap. I hope true. you guys brought your notebooks. For this edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast, lots of knowledge being dropped by Frankie D, the son of the South. So, Frankie, I got one last question for you before we get into the Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge and close out this interview. Go ahead. Being that you have been in this business for so long and that you clearly still have a, a, a ton of respect for the business, I'm going to ask you this question, and, and it is a hypothetical. I don't like to ask a lot of hypothetical questions but I think you'll enjoy answering this one. If Frankie D could wrestle in any era of professional wrestling, let's say, you know, you and, and Dr. Emmett Brown became like BFFs, right? And you could borrow the DeLorean and go back to any time and be a worker, one of the boys in the locker room uh, during any era of professional wrestling, going back to the early 1900s where our, uh, one of our own presidents, was a professional wrestler, what era would you have liked to perform in the most? Oh, without a doubt, the 80s. Without a doubt, the 80s. Man, come on. The likes of, uh, uh, you know, Stan Hansen and, you know, uh, Dusty Rhodes. And, I, I mean, Great Muta. Come on. Arn Anderson. Come on. Who wouldn't want to be in that area? You know, Bruiser Brody, King Kong Brody, come on. Who wouldn't want to be in that locker room? Who wouldn't want to be in that ring? I mean, they would hand me my ass on a platter. But what better person and what better respect could you have than getting your ass beat by one of those guys? Come on, Dick the Bruiser, Pat O'Connor, Lutez, come on, guys. Is there anybody any better that could teach respect and old school wrestling like those guys. Lawler, man, the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, the line just right. goes on and Come on. on. Come on. Could you imagine sitting down and talking to Cornette for a while? Scandal Dude, we Akron. wish. <laughs> we wish. Come on. You know, gentleman Chris Adams. 
I don't know. I could go on and on. That's my era. That is awesome. Absolutely wonderful choice. And I don't know if there's many people that could disagree with that. Well, all that being said, Nightmare Jones, you know what time it is, baby. I think Frankie B is game. Frankie, are you ready to go on with me to the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge and have a, a little bit of a trivia war for episode oh. 268 of the WrestleTalk Podcast? We will do our best. Come on, let's do it. Let's go. Nightmare Jones, you know what to do. Isn't this where you guys play music? Come on, answer it, Timmy. Play the game show music. Are you serious right now? You're making it right to tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's category is W is for Wrestling. I will give you background information on three professional wrestling topics uh, who have names, either first or last names, that start with the letter W. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls would win tonight's Contest. For example, if I would say this tag team is one, if not the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling, they held the WWF Tag Team Championships as the Legion of Doom. What were they called? Road when they Warriors. The NWA, Road Warriors. The Road Warriors. You would be correct. You would get a point. So it's pretty simple. You just shout out your answer. Okay. Gentlemen, I'm are ready. you ready? Let's do this. Alright. Question number one. This wrestler is a former NWA WCW Tag Team Champion, is an NWA US Champion, and a NWA World Heavyweight Champion. His father was a famous, was a member of the Black Jacks Tag Team, and he was also a member of the Legendary Barry Windham. Barry Windham is correct. Frankie D has won. The Night Owl still has none. Question number two. Wait, wait a minute. I was ready. From... I was ready. I had it on the tip of my tongue, but, but Frankie beat me by a fraction of a second. Just a fraction of a second. Fucking bullshit! Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. Okay. That's because me and Bam Bam. Bam, get Bam Bam. Bam Bam just told me who it was. Gotcha. Cheating. That's, that's, that's even, that's even right. more cheating than having a phone in front of you. All right, question number two. I'm ready to make my comeback right now. Question number two. This wrestler hails from New Zealand. He won the IWGB United States every, Intercontinental, the IWGB United States, the Intercontinental, and the Heavyweight Championship. Most people know him by the nickname of Switchblade. Jay White. Who am I talking? Jay, Jay White. White. Jay White. Correct. Yeah, Tonight, I have one point. Frankie <laughs> has won. 
here is the last question. This is for all other marbles. This wrestler wrestled in WCW before being signed by the WWF. He won the WWF Intercontinental Championship by defeating the Honky Tonk Man. He won the WWF World Heavyweight Championship by defeating Hulk Hogan in a title for title match at WrestleMania. Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior is correct. Yeah. You're right. It's sad for me to say that the Night Owl has won. No, 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 no. Play my damn music, intern Timmy, because I earned it, baby. I beat the legendary Frankie G. Give it up. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, 
Frankie D to Southern the South. Frankie, before you go, I got one last question for you, man. Herb yeah. Simmons is going oh, in yeah. and being inducted at the Cauliflower Alley Club induction ceremony in 2020. Shout out to all our amigos, our, our, our friends over at the Cauliflower Alley Club. We know, you know rest talk, Cauliflower Alley Club, we've got a great relationship. Man, your yeah. thoughts on the legendary Herb Simmons uh, being an inductee this year? Oh, man, I'm telling you what, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Herb is, is professional. Uh, he has got a mind for this business. Um, he has sat at the table with the likes of, you know, Larry Matisic and, 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 you know, guys like that with, uh, Barb Goodish and, and Frank, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, Brody and, and, uh, Ron Powers and, and Tony Costa. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, when I, when I say, uh, St. Louis wrestling hub, you know, we're talking Sam Muchnick and NWA and, and, and just all these kind of guys, Gary Jackson, and, you know, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, um, knowledge, I mean, just pours out of this guy. Um, you get all these people together in one room, and uh, if it would explode, you would just have wrestling bits all over the place. But uh, I'm telling you, I, I, I just think I found it an honor to work for Herb. Um, I talk about one of the most legit guys I've ever worked for, he and Tony Costa. Um, that does not take anything away from anybody else I work for. Don't, don't you know, misconstrue what I'm no, saying here. Herb is um, a different animal. Know, uh, but Herb, I mean, if he tells you something, he, he does his damnedest to do what he's going to tell you to do, you know, what he tells you he's going to do. Um, I've never heard anybody say anything. You know, in the wrestling world, everybody talks about everybody. But I have never heard anybody say anything negative about Herb. And let me tell you, I've never heard Herb say anything bad about anybody else. Okay, so that go, that street goes both ways. So, um, you know, shout out to Herb on that. And the same thing, you know, with Tony Casa over in MMWA. So, um, you know, but um, anyway, I, I'm telling you what, Herb has been inducted to the Midwest Independent Hall of Fame. He's been inducted to um, uh, other hall, you know, I, I mean, just I, I cannot just – I can't sit here and list the accolades and, and, and the awards that he's gotten from over the year um, in, in different areas. And, you know, I, what the guy's been promoting wrestling for 46 years, uh, 47 years, almost 50. Um, he's got to know a thing or two. You know, you've got to have well, a you, mind for this business to be in it do. that long. You know, so. You, you, um, you do, anyway, Frankie. Absolutely. Thanks. Great guy. Thank you so much for sharing those sincere thoughts. And uh, last but not least, man, I want to personally welcome you in as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. Jonesy, any final thoughts uh, for Frankie D as we close out episode 268 of the Wrestle Talk podcast? Just thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. It has been absolutely amazing. Do not be a stranger. So until next time, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good night. Uh, tell, hey, you you tell all my trailer park kings and queens, mama and them, get your hands out of Kool-Aid, get the pork rinds out, get them fresh beanies and weenies going because the son of the South is coming to town, and we mean business, and so we're going to have a good time, baby. That's right. And ain't nobody ever been realer, nobody ever been realer, hailing out a lot, 101 of the Starlight.
Twilight Mobile Home Park in Whiskey Creek, Mississippi than Frankie D, the son of the South. Hit me with some of that country shit, baby. Episode 262 is in the book. If you want more of this, 24-7 at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Absolutely. And before we go, I do have one more shout-out. I'd like to shout-out my, my dad's 83rd birthday today. He is one of the biggest uh, supporters of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. So, Dad, happy 83rd birthday from the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We love you, Mr. Lance. Out in the sticks with the squirrels and the ticks and my 30 on six. I'm running out of Miller Lite trucks and park. The dog won't bark couple hours till dark. Wishing one would walk by. Might as well left my gun in the gun rack. Been here all day. All I killed the 12 packs. Sitting here waiting on a deer. Drinking beer and wasting bullets. Aiming at the empties. Missing his pine trees. It ain't my fault. Them can't keep moving. My baby's on the phone saying, baby, come home where you been. 